I want to welcome everybody today to the Entrepreneur Show. I'm delighted once again to have a great guest interview. My name is Heidi Richards Mooney. I am the founder of Women in E-Commerce, president of Redhead Marketing, and your host today. And I'm thrilled, just thrilled, to introduce to you this next woman, a fellow redhead and a fellow internet marketer and just an amazing woman. I've been following online for some time. And so to be able to share her with you is just a double pleasure. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Christine Gallagher. She's a speaker, trainer, best-selling author, and award-winning business coach. She founded She's Got Clients in 2009, a company dedicated to teaching women around the globe how to find more meaning, fulfillment, and purpose in their life through the power of entrepreneurship. Yay! Yay. Christy believes that when entrepreneurs find the courage to share their gifts and their message in a much bigger way, love that, they will not only attract raving fans, enroll more clients, and enjoy more income, they will also be a force for positive change in the world. Welcome, Christine. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and talking with my fellow redhead. Yay! Well, you know, let's start with that. You know, I that was like just a snippet of all the things that you've done. So why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about your background, how you first got interested in business coaching, and the experience that led you to choose that as a career path? Yeah, so what a journey it has been. Um, I was still in a job around uh, late 2008, early 2009, right around when the economy went crazy. And uh, I was working for a company that wasn't doing so great financially. And at the same time, I was also feeling this uh, sense of, you know, why am I in this job? Uh, why do I never feel happy in any job that I have? And I thought there was something wrong with me uh, because everyone else seemed to just sort of be humming along. And I just was questioning so much. And I think that that's um, the mark of an entrepreneur or a budding entrepreneur. You start questioning and, and wondering. and so. I didn't know at the time, but really what I was feeling was this um, this entrepreneurial spirit. And I was uh, asking a lot of questions and doing a lot of research um, because that's what I do. I, my background is in technology and research. And so I started just getting on social media because it was blowing up at the time. It was right when Twitter and Facebook were really starting to come about. And so what I did was I was online um, and sometimes in my cubicle online and, and seeing all of these women entrepreneurs particularly, who were, um, you know, really rocking it in their own businesses. And I was so fascinated. I was like, what is the whole world that I don't really know about? And I was watching them and I was realizing they were working from home or, you know, they had flexible schedules and they were selling products and services. And I'm like, this is really intriguing. So that was the like awareness being raised for the first time. And because of that, I started seeking out like mentors or help, you know, just somebody I could talk to and, and, and be like, you know what, how do I do this for myself? I still had no clue what my business was going to be. Um, but I just knew that this was something I really needed to explore. So what I ended up doing, um, was finding out about a woman, uh, through social media and, and her email, uh, newsletters that she was sending, um, that I really resonated with. And she became my first marketing mentor because even though I'm really savvy with social media and technology, uh, I didn't understand the marketing piece and I didn't understand the business building piece. And I just said, you know, all I want to do is just work for myself. That's all I know. And, um, she really started to guide me. And two weeks after I hired her, I was promptly laid off from my job. And yeah. I was like, Oh my goodness. Not because I was upset that I lost the job because I wasn't happy there, but it was more of a moment of truth. Like, this means that I'm really going to have to like do this thing. And I was just like, I'm not going back to a job. So I really had to give it my all. And I remember <laughs> emailing that mentor and saying, I think you should know that I got laid off from my job today. And she's like, congratulations. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, okay. Um, and what, what she was really saying was you were asking for this, you know, in, in certain ways you were asking for this, the universe has delivered it. And let's go. So I made that decision. I'm not going back to a job and I'm going to do this. And so basically, long story short, what I started out as is a social media consultant because I had also hired another coach who was um, helping me understand what my strengths were and um, and looking at what could be a potential 
business path. And, you know, we looked at my technology skills, my writing skills and research and um, and how I was really just loving social media. And so that's how I started in 2009. And it's been a crazy journey since, but I would not take it back for the world. How do you think that your experience in the job market, job, such a three letter word, <laughs> how do you think that experience helped you uh, uh, become an entrepreneur? I think that it helped me <clears throat> because it showed me um, that, well, a couple things. I think that, you know, I really went to grad school because I thought that that's the way that you become successful. You get as much education as you can. And my mom was a big proponent of that. And that, you know, that was great that she um, influenced me in that way. But I ended up getting two master's degrees. You know, I was a real overachiever. Um, one in information systems, one in information science. So that's where the technology piece comes from. And I thought I, you know, had it made. And then I went out into the working world and I'm like, this is, is that all there is, you know? And I realized that it wasn't, um, it was hard for somebody like me who has a lot of ideas and creativity. And um, I also think really looks around and sees like how you can make things better. And yet most jobs, it's hard to, to um, break the mold or, you know, um, have people take those things on, right? Um, and they wanna just kind of stay how they are. And that's very frustrating for somebody who is entrepreneurial. So I think it affects me in positive and negative ways, uh, but it really made me see that that kind of environment and that kind of structure was just not not for me. You know, I, I felt a little uh, rebellious. I have a rebellious streak, um, redhead, surprise, surprise. And and I just oh, didn't man. like, yeah, I didn't like being told, you know, you have to go to lunch at this certain time. You can't take vacation. And I just was, I couldn't stay in that container. So I think that that I, it's a blessing. I had those jobs I was unhappy in because it helped show me the way towards something that was better for me. So that would be a great uh, first bit of advice for someone who is, you know, stuck in a place they're not happy, you know, start looking at other options and see what would make them happy and try to use their gifts and skills to do that. Um, yeah. hmm. Oh, someone put that. She's got clients. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. So we're going to definitely make sure that everybody knows your information. So how did you come up with the name? She's got clients. Yeah. So when I first started, I uh, was not uh, known as she's got clients. My company um, was called actually, it wasn't even a company. It was a blog. That's how I started was with a blog and it was called communicatevalue.com. And that was really about how you could use social media tools to communicate your value as a uh, product person or a service professional with the tools that we have today. Um, and so that that's how I started the first two years. It was a very basic site. At, uh, I always look back and think, you know, thank goodness my coach at the time drilled in my head how important it was to build an email list and build a community. So I didn't even have services or products on my site. All I had was, you know, my blog posts and uh, a free e-course because I was told that if you create something that's juicy and free, you can get people to join your email list that way. So that served me well for a couple of years. And then I um, I started working with another mentor and really looking at you know, how how where do I want to take this business and how big do I want to go? And so I hired somebody who helped me with uh, rebranding and um, creating a new website. And it was actually him who came up with that name because he knew that I wanted to primarily reach women entrepreneurs, although I always say I work with cool men, too. Um, but he came up with that name and it really just it felt right. And so we went with it. And it was a little bit scary at first because I thought, am I ready to just say, you know, she's got clients, you know, and, and sort of go for that market. But um, it ended up being a, a really good decision. And um, it's definitely a memorable name. And um, I think that it's it served me well. And I think that, you know, it'll probably evolve again into something else. Who knows? But for now, it's it's working. That's great. And, and it's obviously serving its purpose. So um, let's talk about something that I read on your, uh, I think it was on your website. You say, when entrepreneurs find the courage to share their gifts and their message in a much bigger way, they attract raving fans, enroll more clients and enjoy more income and also become a force for positive change in the world. What do you mean by the phrase connect to their why? Mm. No, I'm sorry. Never mind. So what do you mean by that? That's another question. You know oh. what? I learned how to read my, my own notes. <laughs> <laughs> what do 
you mean by that uh, become a force for positive change in the world? Yeah, I think that I I really believe that there is a, a, a true connection between just helping even one client and changing the world. And so, you know, you might think you're just helping one client. How does that really affect things? But you have to think about the fact that you're affecting not only their life, but the life perhaps of their loved ones and people that they're connected to. And it's kind of like that ripple effect. So I believe that when people uh, do get the courage, because a lot of times it's about, you know, not, not feeling that maybe you're ready or you're enough, or, you know, we all have stuff that comes up for us that we get a little bit afraid of, you know, standing out. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that when people get the courage to put themselves out there and get out there uh, and market themselves, basically, that they can they can end up changing the world, whether in a small way or a big way. And I think it's really important for entrepreneurs to remember that, that it's not like this little small thing you're doing from your house. It could truly be something that creates change in the world. And that is really the bigger purpose. So when you say change, what kind of change? What, what I mean, yes. Yeah. Examples maybe of customers or clients that you've had that have done that? Yeah, I mean, it could be anything from, um, you know, uh, an entrepreneur who is playing, you know, playing small um, and feeling like, you know, I'm going to do some workshops to teach, you know, women how to, um, you know, uh, be healthy and, and be at healthy weight. And you might think, you know, you're going to do these workshops of 10 or 15 people. And you need sometimes somebody outside of you, in fact, much of the time, to see something bigger for you. And so uh, in the Strength Finders assessment, I don't know if you're familiar with, you know, Oh, strength. yeah, I took it. It's yeah. One of the best. It's awesome. Yeah. And one of, one of my top strengths is futuristic. So I really, I really pull that into my coaching because a lot of times I see ahead for people what they can't see. And to me, that's such a an honor because we end up so close to ourselves that we can't see potential. And so I think that it's important to remember that whether you're doing a 10 person workshop or a 100 person workshop, you are affecting lives. And hey, if you can do a 10 person one, why not take it bigger? And sometimes people really just need that outside perspective to cheer them on and let them know they can do it. And also give them the strategy for how to do it, which is is what I do. Excellent. So now let's get to the next question. What do you mean by the phrase connect to their why? Yes. So, you know, I think that this is something that's come up uh, more recently for me because when I first started my business, like many of us, I didn't necessarily think in these sort of lofty ways, like having a purpose and having a mission and your why. But what has uh, really emerged over the past few years, especially, is that you have to have something bigger than you that you're aiming for some bigger reason why you're in business and why you want to you know make money um what i realized is that when i first started my goal was to just make as much as i made on my last job i was like if i can make fifty thousand dollars a year you know i am set and so that was my why at the time but point being your why can't always just be money ongoing because the money is is great but if things get hard, which they will, that's not what's going to keep you going. You know, when you have things go crazy or blow up or failures or any of the craziness that happens as an entrepreneur, um, just having a, a goal of getting to six figures or seven figures isn't necessarily going to keep you inspired to keep going. Um, so you have to have something bigger than that. Money's great, but what's the bigger thing? So, you know, for me, I have a real passion for helping women entrepreneurs. And I truly believe, as we talked about earlier, that they can help change the world. And so that is what keeps me going. When things get really hard, I often say to myself, you know, I could stop now, but I got too many people to help. Because I do, I have too many people to help. And so that's what keeps me going. And also other goals like, you know, helping my family or eventually opening an animal sanctuary, which is something I've always wanted to do. Well, that takes money. And you know, that's a big, big why that keeps me going if things get hard. So I think that that's really what I was going for when I said that people have to have something else to guide them. And I would totally agree. I think that if, 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 when, people when people just, just money, money, I, I, I don't know. Happy, happy, you know, and, and money isn't everything. <laughs> that's right. It's that not bad right. to have though. I never want to say that. 
It's a good thing to have. It's, it's just energy. It um, is. So let's talk about the number one characteristics that you think you believe or and, and I believe most people would agree successful people share. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, well, certainly having a bigger why, I mean, is definitely on the top um, uh, uh, characteristics of that. But I would also say that what I've seen after being in business for seven, eight years now is that persistence. Um, I, there's just nothing to substitute for persistence. Um, and it sounds like such a, you know, when I first was thinking about that word, I was like, oh, it sounds so like, oh, I'm going to be so persistent. And oh, it sounds like not something I really wanted to be a part of. But what I've realized is that really is what it is because entrepreneurship is a full context sport and it's, it's ups and downs and you can easily get knocked down and say, I'm walking away from this. And you know, that statistic that always comes up, like, you know, most businesses fail within five years. I really don't think it's necessarily failing for a lot of them. It's just that they, they give up or they walk away or they feel like they can't go any further. And so just that persistence piece and also having a piece um, of faith, some sort of faith practice or what I call a faith immersion practice where, you know, when things get hard, you have something to turn to, whether that's a routine in the morning or certain books or certain people to help keep you going. So I think the most successful people in the world um, have a belief in something bigger than themselves that is guiding them. And they know that failure isn't final and they persist past that. Um, and they have a bigger reason for why they're doing what they're doing rather than just, I want to get rich, you know? Um, I would say that those are probably the top three that I see. Uh, and you know what, it's funny because every entrepreneur that I've ever spoken to would what always says persistence in the very top one, two or three and faith is usually up there as well. Um, yeah. So I would, I would definitely agree. And I think the why is becoming more prominent as we look at our lives because we're living longer and we're wondering, well, gee, what, what's this going to mean to me in 10 years? Is this really going to have any impact and how's it going to impact? You know, sure. You're going to impact the people that you're working with at least for that moment and help them get to the next step. But what is the bigger picture? So I think that you're having that vision um, is, is amazing because you can help a lot of people. So thank you. Yeah. And, and you know, it reminds me of um, Simon Sinek who wrote the book, start with why he has a Ted talk. And um, for people who haven't seen it, you should go on YouTube and, and look him up. His last name is S I N E K Simon Sinek. And um, he talks about, the power of having a why. And he says that people buy why you do things, not what you do, right? And so he gives an example of Apple, which is, yeah, Apple's products are sleek and you know everyone wants to have the iPhone and the iMac and all that, but it's really about the why. You know, they were always about think different, you know? And so people really gravitate towards that and they created a whole movement out of it. So I think that, you know, it's worth mentioning mentioning that. Um, the other thing I'll say, just going back to persistence is last week I had a two day retreat with my clients. We meet every 90 days, um, my impact Academy students to work on their goals and mastermind together. And I read an excerpt from a book, um, called getting, uh, getting there, I believe. And it's, um, by Zoe. I think her name is Zoe Siegel, S E G A L. And the book was given to me as a gift. And it basically just interviews a whole bunch of really successful people, a lot of people that we know, and they share their story of how they got to where they are. And I love reading that kind of stuff because it shows you that people have a lot of um, struggles <clears throat> and upsets and obstacles that they've overcome. Whereas we just see the end result and we're like, oh my God, they're so successful. They must be like blessed, you know? Um, and it's not that at all. And so I read an excerpt from uh, Sarah Blakely's story. She's the inventor of Spanx. Yes, love her. Yeah, she's a billion dollar woman. I mean, she is on the cover of Forbes. And so her story is just so perfect for that persistence idea because basically it talks about how she started out selling copiers like door to door and people ripped up her business card. They slammed the door in her face and that helped her learn persistence and, and sales. So that when she came up with her Spanx idea, when everybody turned her down, because they did, she kept going. 
until she got a yes. And she only needed one yes of a manufacturer to make her prototype for her. And that's how it all started. And it wouldn't have happened if she had just said, oh my God, you know, they, they ripped up my business card or whatever. And I just can't do this. So I thought that that was really important to share with my clients. Like if that's the part you don't see, you know, that happens behind the scenes. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to, and persistence and uh, never giving up. I think that's just so important in any business because every business, you know, you think about actors. I've, I've interviewed a couple of acting coaches and, and the first thing they say is, you know, it, it takes years to become an overnight success in that business. I think in any business, it takes yeah, years. It really you're, does. You just, you're, you have to be extremely lucky, extremely blessed and have a lot of money if you're overnight success, truly an overnight success, because most people are not. That's right. Maybe less than 1% of 1% are, you know. Um, let's talk a little bit about marketing. Oh, I just, I know that you know a lot about marketing. <laughs> so what are some of the challenges people face when it comes to marketing? Yeah, okay. So I think the biggest ones that come up are really around this idea of, well, I don't want to bug people. And I know not everyone has that problem or that issue. But I find especially a lot of women, um, you know, we we feel like we might be bugging people or we might be bothering them. And what I always tell people is, listen, <laughs> you know, if you want to sell a product or a service or if you want to launch something new, you know, just sending one email <laughs> out about this new thing is not going to get you anywhere. But yet they think if they send more than one, you know, they're bothering people. And so that's something that I think gets in people's way. Um, and most most people who end up marketing, especially online, understand pretty quickly that that's not going to cut it. You have to do more than that. But really, I think that that holds people back. Um, and the idea is that there's so much noise in our world today. There's so much distraction. There's so many emails going out. Our inboxes are overflowing. And so people just don't see stuff. And, you know, that to me makes it more important than ever to really show up in a much bigger way and not just with email, but in all these different channels that we have now, which we're really blessed to have, you know, as business owners um, in order to connect with people who need us. So I think that, you know, that's one of the big stumbling blocks people have. And then the other one would be, you know, they, they uh, because there is so much noise and so much, uh, so many other people who do what you do, you know, you really have to stand out in some way. And this used to always bother me, like when they would say, find your unique selling proposition. And I'm just like, I, I don't know, you know, I'm just, you know, <laughs> well, no one else is me. So maybe that's what it is. And, and actually, that is really true because no one else is you. And even if you're a business coach and there's a million other business coaches, there are things about you that no one else can duplicate. And so that's why it's important, especially in the environment we're in today, to really talk about yourself and what makes you you and be vulnerable sometimes and share more about you than just like the business facade. You know, sometimes people get scared, like, well, I don't want to talk about myself because it seems like I'm, you know, um, self-involved or I don't want to talk about myself because it's nobody's business to know, you know, what I like or what I do. And I just have to say things have changed and people actually expect that now. They expect to know more about you. And they especially resonate when you are vulnerable. This is a very big thing right now. Um, just like that, the word authenticity has become sort of like the buzzword. Um, and it's really overused. But honestly, the reason so many people are talking about it is because that is what people are responding to right now. They want to know that your road was not always perfectly smooth. They want to know that you're not an overnight success because it helps them to relate to you as a human being which is really what marketing and selling is all about, right? Because you have to build the know, like, and trust. You can't do that without sharing, you know, who you are behind the business. Um, so I think those are important lessons for people as far as marketing is concerned. Yeah, I, I would agree that that especially that vulnerability piece. I uh, one day I was giving a speech in front of the Florida Speakers Association. Now I'm a past president. I have no problem speaking in public, but when it comes to my peeps, it's a little um intimidating if you will because they're all professional speakers many of whom make a lot more money than i do because they work full-time i'm i speak part-time only and it really is more to get clients than it is 
because I love to speak, although I do. And so the first thing I said was I, you know, I said, you know what? This is not something I would recommend to everybody because it is intimidating to speak in front of your peers. Uh, I will tell you that I got a little stressed about it and everything. And I told them this little story about it. And I had more people come up to me afterwards and thank me for that because they felt like they could actually, they actually listened and, and I got really great reviews. I'm actually speaking again this Saturday and I was just four months ago and they asked me to be on a panel. And that's just tells you that when you are real and authentic and vulnerable, people respond. I will tell you though, that one person of all the people, there was like 80 people in the room, one came up and said, you know, that's not something I would have ever shared, Heidi. I think it's so unprofessional. Oh. And I was thinking to myself, well, yeah, but if 90 people or 50 people came up and told me it was great and one didn't, you know, and we always look at that one negative. Oh, yeah. That gets oh. magnified, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like getting, getting uh, reviews and then you look at the one bad one instead of the 90 that were like just raving fans. Would Absolutely. And, and I had a, I had a similar, um, experience around this, uh, just a couple weeks ago. I spoke on stage at my friend's, uh, event. She had a three day event in Delaware and she had me on her panel. Um, I think the panel was called six and Se seven figure girlfriends panel. And the idea was that we were just going to get up there and sort of like rap to each other and just be really real about, um, what entrepreneurship is really like. And I loved that because I was like, good, we're not going to just sugarcoat and tell people it's all rainbows and unicorns. We're going to get up there and we're going to say, Hey, look, I failed at this. Or sometimes I feel, you know, crappy about this or whatever. So I was really attracted to that. So when I got on stage, I started sharing about my journey and I was like, you know, success is not a straight line. It's not just like, whoop. it's like all over the place and crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I also shared about, you know, I had recently, um, a couple of years ago, gone through a divorce and, um, I had never, ever used to share. I would never share about my personal life. Like, you know, people saw I was married, but you know, I kept everything sort of like status quo. And then I realized one day, you know, shortly after I had been separated that I was sending a weekly newsletter out and it just felt so incongruent because here I was going through this major life change and my community, my list had no idea. And yet I really wanted to open up to them. So, you know, I started sharing about it to my list. And, and that's why I share it now on, on stage because people always come up to me and that that's what they did a few weeks ago. And they said, thank you so much for sharing that because it showed me, first of all, that, you know, you're real. And, um, you know, some other people were like, I'm going through the same thing. And, um, you know, luckily I didn't have any negative people come up to me like, like you had, but I have had that in other experiences. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure there are some people who are it's like, okay, oh, I, I, I got over very quickly. <laughs> yeah. your, your skin gets thick. Um, yeah. Yeah. but, but you know, there probably were people who were like, Oh my God, I can't believe she said that. You know, it's fine. Yeah, um, people think it, but most people won't ever come up and tell you. That's, you know, right. that's why I was a little shocked when that person did. That is a lovely person, by the way, it was just, it was her perspective. And that's what we have to keep in mind too. Marketing is a perspective that we have about our products and services, about what our clients need by their, the communication that we have with them. And that's why not every person is our ideal client. That's right. That's right. I always say that, you know, you're going to repel some people and that's a good thing. Like, <laughs> I want to repel the people who are ideal for me. That's okay. Because I know that, you know, I, you know, if I raise my, you know, freak flag or whatever, if I'm my, if I'm the real me, basically, that the other people who um, resonate with that will be attracted. And that's who I want to work with anyway. Absolutely. So um, uh, if there was, oh, let me ask you this question again. What is the one thing you did that made the biggest difference in your business? Hmm. Well, okay. So it's, it's really tough to narrow down one, but, um, I will say the one that really stands out was probably when I was, uh, in my maybe third year of business or second year or third year of business. And I was looking around going, you know, you know, this one month I had this great income. And then the next month there was like barely anything coming in. And then the next month it went up again and it was, you know, the roller coaster. And that's what all entrepreneurs experience, by the way, that's normal. But for me, it was like, I suddenly had this aha moment. And it was basically, uh, you know, that I need to make regular offers in order to get paid regularly. And looking back, I'm like, well, duh, you know, it, that sounds obvious. But 
um, I wasn't doing that. And so I think the lesson there is that a lot of people sit back and wait for the business or the clients or the money to come to them, or they're very passive about it. They'll put up a website with all their beautiful products and services and expect people to come. And the thing that you need to remember is that you need to ask for the money. You need to ask for the sale. And a lot of people get uncomfortable with that because, you know, we have stuff wrapped up in our mindset about money and asking for money, but that's really what being an entrepreneur is. And um, so that was a huge lesson, which really transformed how I thought about my business and also the results in my business, because I was like, okay, I know what my people want. I have a way to reach them, create what they want and put it out there. And as soon as I started doing that really consistently is when my income really took off. And again, you look back and you were like, well, that seems obvious. But at the time I wasn't, it wasn't happening. So I think that that was a turning point, a big turning point for my business. Um, and so I still follow that today. You know, when, when things aren't happening, I'm like, well, I have to make that happen. How do we do that? Let's go do that. So I think that's important to mention. Good advice. So do you, and I'm assuming you do, have a team? And if so, who's on your team? Who are yeah. the people that help support you in your business? Yeah, so I have um, a few people. So one would be my main um, uh, virtual assistant, who uh, is really my tech girl. So even though I have a tech background and all of that, I shouldn't be doing <laughs> all of the tech stuff. So um, I found a really good person to help me with sort of the back end technical stuff. And she um, she's a big part of the team and she does some customer service as well. Um, I also have, um, you know, certain consultants I work with. Um, so right now I'm working with a consultant who is helping me put together a giveaway, um, to, you know, further build my list. So I, I'm very, uh, I'm very much a fan of bringing in people for projects and certain things. Um, I also have an associate coach under me. Um, because my uh, client base, you know, the, the goal is to grow it substantially and I only have a certain amount of hours in the day. So I realized a year or two ago, it was like, you know what? I can't coach everybody <laughs> and expect this to really grow to the point I want it to be. So I have an associate coach on my team that um, coaches some of my clients as well. Um, and, uh, you know, a bookkeeper. Um, and then again, some other consultants that I bring in on a project basis and I'm about to hire um, another person for the team who is going to be like a, a virtual assistant, but also help me with the strategy around the marketing. Um, so, you know, it's you can't do it alone. I mean, I always I always make sure that people understand that these people who've gotten far in their business are doing it with the help of other people who are probably smarter than them um, and certainly skilled in different areas than them. So it's so important to have a team surrounding you. I would totally agree. I had to do it all when I first started in business. And one thing that was very painful for me was the math. <laughs> I'm oh, good yeah. at math, but the, but the bookkeeping, oh my oh, God. Yeah. And I, the day I hired a bookkeeper and she has been with me for 29 years. Wow. The day I hired that person was the best decision I ever made in life. Now she only works part-time. She worked full-time for a long time, but she's semi-retired. But now my, my business model has changed and I've slowed down a little bit. Although I'm, I'm strongly thinking about getting into business coaching again. Um, I've, I've always called myself a consultant more than a coach. Mm -hmm. And then I was talking to a client the other day and she goes, Heidi, you, you may not realize this, but you really are a coach. And I've never put that label on myself. I've thought of coaching differently, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do a little research. I'm going to ask my coach what she thinks and, mm -hmm. and just kind of get some ideas because I think that that might be, it may be my next step. I, I just don't want to, I don't want to work full time. Yeah. I, like this summer I have my grandchildren with me and we're playing every day. So yeah. I went swimming an hour before, before our <laughs> program. I'm just, I'm just trying to take it easy and just, you know, yeah. let well, the your money priorities change, you know, yes. And, and you're right, like the coaching thing. Um, yeah, I was talking to a client yesterday about that. And I said, you know, I'm really more of a consultant slash strategist because when you think of coaching, it's, you know, they often have a certain method, which is, you know, how do you feel about this? You know, and um, I, yeah, that's, that's not me. I, I have to tell people what to do. Like, I can't stop myself from saying this is how you do it, you know? Um, so I think, yeah, you know, but, but coaching, um, can can look different ways. I think that coaching, consulting, sometimes end up being very similar. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so that's, we might jump back into that. 
Yeah. Well, and then again, I may just continue calling myself a consultant because it's really what I do more. I'm a more of a consultative um, um, helper in terms of delivering products than I am in coaching, as you said. I, yeah. I And funny thing is my degree is in psychology. <laughs> oh, okay. I, you know, it's helped me a lot. Um, yeah. Is there one, if there was one thing you could do over or differently in your business, what would it be and why? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, well, you know, uh, one thing that comes to mind, especially since we were just talking about team, is I spent the first two years of my business doing everything myself. And I look back and I realize I should have hired my first virtual assistant a lot sooner than I did. But there was a lot of fear there. Like, you know, will I be able to afford it? And oh my gosh, you know, there's somebody else doing stuff for me. And, you know, I have that control, <laughs> control freak stuff, you know. And so I think that that's the big thing is I would have probably hired that person a year earlier than I did um, because what ended up happening is they ended up taking so much off my plate so that I could focus on revenue generating activities much more efficiently and therefore ended up bringing more money in um, to, you know, more than cover that person and hire more people. So I would just encourage entrepreneurs to, um, you know, really take a hard look like, can you do this now instead of waiting? And my first virtual assistant, I hired for five hours a month. So it was barely anything. And I think it was, you know, she was $35 an hour or something, $30, something like that. And that was a big deal. But she took over my email newsletter, which was a big time suck for me. And uh, really freed me up to create other really cool things in my business. So I think that that was a big time lesson, you know, get, get that help as soon as you can. Great advice. What do you do consistently to stay on top of your game? Mm. So one of the big things that I do, and this was um, something that I've been doing sort of um, on and off for years, but never was super consistent and disciplined until this year which is my morning routine. And it's it's been a thorn in my side in the past because I've always considered myself a night owl and uh, not a morning person. Oh my God, I can't get up early. And oh, I love sleeping in. That's why I became an entrepreneur to have a flexible schedule. And what I realized about a year ago was the things that have gotten me to the level I'm at are not gonna be the same things that get me to where I wanna go. I'm gonna need to do things differently. And one of the things I needed to add more in my life of was discipline. And so I created a morning routine that has now become a habit. It wasn't easy at first, but I had to, you know, gradually get up a little bit earlier. I had to be clear on what kind of things I wanted to do in the morning before I sit down to work. And so, you know, I used to think that people who said they meditate every morning. It's like, oh, really? You know, like, okay, what does that even mean? Um, but <laughs> I found an app that has helped me, you know, meditate. So I do that for 20 minutes every morning and I, you know, I'll, um, I'll read over my goals. I'll read 10 pages in a book because one of my struggles has always been, I don't have time to read books, but I really love to read. Well, 10 pages a day is doable for me. I can do that. Um, so now I'm reading more. Um, and of course that affects and helps your business. Um, I'm also, you know, taking, um, care of my health in, in more intentional ways, like, green smoothies every morning and drinking, you know, hot water with lemon. And these are things that I always knew I should be doing, but never made the commitment to myself that I was going to do it on a regular basis. And it has been, you know, an amazing game changer to do that because I feel like if you start the day with that tone of the discipline and taking care of yourself in those ways, it really spills over into everything else and makes a big, big difference. Absolutely, because if you feel good inside, you feel good outside. And yeah. it shows people know it. People can yeah. tell. I Absolutely. would totally agree. Um, let's talk about running a business. What is a typical day like for you? Yeah, so a typical day would be, um, as I said, the morning routine starts me off. I try to get up between 6 and 7. I'm not always perfect with that. Um, you know, my night owl tendencies still kick in, but um, I've definitely gotten a lot better. And so... Um, I'll get up and I'll do the routine and then I'll do, um, you know, I'll always try to get outside if I can. It's, it's harder in the winter, but you know, when I say to myself, I got to go work out for an hour or two hours, that sometimes feels overwhelming. So 
I'll say, if I just get outside and walk for like five to 10 minutes, at least it's something, <laughs> you know? Um, so I try to incorporate that in my day. And then I, um, I, uh, I will be very honest, I don't necessarily enjoy working at a desk. I think that's the rebelliousness from corporate. Um, so I have a laptop and I work uh, from my home, but I'll work, you know, on the couch, sometimes at the desk, sometimes on the bed. And I know certain people would say, oh, that's terrible for your productivity. But for me, it's comfortable and I just get stuff done. So um, I don't have a, a specific place that I always do my work from. Um, and what I really do as far as what the schedule uh, entails is um, I really make sure that I focus on what the tasks are that will move the for uh, move the needle forward the most in my business because I noticed that I was getting so caught up in other people's agendas, my email inbox, social media, and we started using in my company a project management tool called Asana, and um, it's actually a free uh, tool. And the tool helps me get clear on all the things we have going on in the business and what's most important. So it breaks it out by project and then task, and my team can uh, be in there as well and collaborate. So that's what I focus on, is what are those projects in Asana um, that will move the needle forward the most? And what I also have learned to do, Heidi, is not look at my to-do list and go, oh my God, because what I was doing in the past was putting projects on my to-do list and going, oh my God, all right, for today I have to work on a brand new website and I have to bring in 10 new clients and I have to do something else. Whoa, like no wonder I was feeling overwhelmed. What I've learned is that you break all that down into tasks and that's what goes on your to-do list. And so that has been a game changer for me for you know overwhelm purposes um, and really looking at it that way. And then, um, you know, I uh, will work with clients Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I don't coach on Mondays and Fridays because I leave those days open for business development because um, it's too hard to be jumping in and out of calls and trying to work on projects. Um, so I make sure that my calls are batched on certain days so that I don't have to, you know, give less attention to those projects. I get to sit down uninterrupted time on Mondays and Fridays and work on those things. I agree. And you know what? It's funny. I'm going to take my laptop and sit on the couch when I get through here. Exactly. So I, it's exactly how I work too. And I love my computer. I bought a Mac a couple of years ago and I don't, I never looked back. <laughs> yeah. Mac, I never looked back. Um, and I still have my PC for storage, but that's about all I use it for. And that silly outlook that I can't seem to break myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I do love, uh, I, I love Apple products. Um, my Alan life crashes a lot. Yes, it has crashed a lot. Um, yeah. I lost you. We've oh, I'm here. Okay. Just my um, light went out. <laughs> Asana, A-S-A-N-A? -A? No, yes. That's what I thought. I've, I've heard of it. I've not used it. Um, we started using Slack, and I like that. Um, oh, yeah. it at Asana. A lot um, of people like Slack. Yeah. Thank you, Gary, for joining us. Um, we got a couple people join us and a couple comments. Uh, say thanks. We're almost, we're in the home stretch. So, um you also mentioned um, some another tool. Oh, the app you mentioned about meditation. I'd be very interested in that. Do you do you have the, do you know the name? Would you be willing to share that with us? Absolutely. So the app I use is actually by Russell Simmons, like the the hip hop uh, guru guy. Um, it's called Meditation Made Simple, and it is free in the App Store. Um, I think he has it for Android now too. Uh, and it's so simple. Oops, meditation made simple. It's very simple, but I needed that because I was really intimidated by meditation. I'm like, I don't know if I can keep my brain quiet. And so it's been very, very helpful. And, and Russell Simmons, a lot of people don't know, but he's a vegan and he's, you know, does yoga and he credits meditation with really changing his life. Um, so it's, it's a cool app. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Well, meditation's a lifesaver for me. So I, I would agree. Now, uh, what's, been the single biggest success in your business today or you mentioned your aha moment so maybe single biggest success hmm. single biggest success so I think that you know um, one thing that's really led to success for me uh, it's really two parts one is always believing in mentors and coaches and always um, being open to having people like that around me. Um, 
before I even left my job, as I mentioned, I had a coach. Um, and I just believe that it's instrumental and I'm a coach myself. So it's kind of like, how can I call myself a coach if I don't have coaches myself? Right. Um, and so I think that that's been so instrumental in me moving forward, uh, fast, um, and not doing the Lone Ranger thing. And, and that was how I really used to be in my life. You know, I can do it all myself. You know, I got it, I got it handled. Not so when you're an entrepreneur and entrepreneurship can be very lonely. So it's good to have somebody like that um, as well. And then I'd say that the other piece that's really led to the success is um, the mindset piece, which we've you know been talking about, which is having some sort of faith immersion practice, immersing yourself in faith when things seem to be not going well and um, having some belief in a higher power uh, than you. When when things look like they're crazy, you have to believe that there's a bigger reason for it or that maybe it's just things rearranging to get you what you actually want. So I think that having that uh, personal growth and development, putting an importance on that and having faith has been really, really huge as well. Excellent. Um, what books? I know you mentioned a couple of books getting there by uh, Zoe Siegel and uh, The Power of Why by No, that's the. Um, I'm sorry, that was the TED Talk. Uh, what other books are you currently reading? Are yeah, we- and Simon, Simon Sinek, uh, his book is Start With Why. Yeah. Start With um, Why. Okay. Yeah, so I just finished a book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Um, and he is a New York Times, um, I think he's a journalist, and it's a New York Times bestseller. And I was intrigued by it because of what I was mentioning earlier, Heidi, which is so much of our success is about discipline and focus and getting things done and habits. And so I wanted to really understand from a scientific perspective why some people are able to do the stuff that they need to do while the rest of us struggle with making things a habit. So the great thing about that book is that he looks at it from um, a scientific uh, perspective where he studies what MIT researchers have realized about what causes certain habits to happen, like why we overeat or, you know, why we can't stick to an exercise plan. And so I think it's really effective for entrepreneurs, especially to read that, because a lot of the reason why we don't move forward in our career is because we don't have habits that support us in getting done what we need to get done. So I really recommend that book. It's really a great read. Excellent. So in addition to your own and Google, what websites can you simply not live without? Oh, well, you know, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, addicted like the rest of us to the social media sites. <laughs> um, you know, Facebook obviously is, uh, and there goes my, there is light. God <laughs> said. Um, <laughs> um, Talk about the higher power. <laughs> yeah, really. That was a sign, right? Um, you know, right now I, I really love Instagram. Um, and that to me is uh, really fun because it's visual. So, uh, Instagram is something I visit every day, Facebook. Um, and, you know, I, I will say that I don't watch the news. I, I stopped watching the news several years ago. Um, I was always a news junkie and a pop culture junkie. And I used to watch CNN like endlessly. And when I became an entrepreneur, I realized that that was probably affecting me and not in a great way because it's so negative all the time. And it's, right, right. you know, and so I had to turn that off. And, and But I do give myself it's almost like my, you know, reward at the end of the day. I look at, you know, the Google News app or the Apple app for news, and that's how I get my fix. <clears throat> I'll go there once a day, and I'll make sure I know what's going on in the world, but I don't like immerse myself in that. So I would say that that's something that I, um, <laughs> funnily enough, use to relax, which sounds crazy, but um, you know, I dip in and I'm out. You know, I don't like sit there and focus on all the mayhem that's going on in the world. So I'd say that that's one of them too. Well, and it's important to know what's going on in the world because you, the people you work with do. And if That's you right. don't, and they're thinking, well, geez, how can we take this person seriously? I do the same thing. I like, uh, there's a show called Morning Joe um, that's uh, a, like a, a little bit political, especially right now in the climate we have. Um, but it, but I love the interaction of the, of the guests and they always have interesting guests on. So I like that. And then, uh, but I don't watch it every day. I watch it once a week with my husband and my cappuccino. Because uh, if I watched it every day, I'd get no work done. Yeah, um, right. But MSN News is good. So I, I'm on my laptop and I'm usually on MSN News or Google News or something. So I agree. It's good to, it's good to at least know. And I just scam 
uh, scan the the um, uh, the headlines, and if it's something I want to read, I'll read it. But at least I know the headlines. I know what's going on. You know, yeah. it's also good. So, yeah. what's next for Christine Gallagher? Oh wow! Um, so. What's next? So I, you know, I have this this big vision for the company, and um, I sort of alluded to that when I said that I realized I can't do all of this, you know, myself, and and really grow the business. So um, that's why I brought on the associate coach, and I'm sure we'll bring on more. But you know, my my big vision is really um, to help as many women entrepreneurs get themselves out there in a really big way as possible. Because again, it goes back to that ripple effect, and you know, helping to change the world. So I can't rest <laughs> until, you know, I, I realize that I can do, you know, much, much more and, and reach many, many more people. So I think, you know, as far as what's next, it's just about what are all the ways that I can really get in contact with more of these people that I know need me, but they don't know that I exist yet. Um, so, you know, we're doing lots of things in the company for that, you know, bigger events, you know, we're doing a big giveaway to grow the list. And um, it's really just about uh, making a bigger footprint in the world to help women entrepreneurs. That's really what I'm here for. So tell us a little bit about your big giveaway and then we'll close with how people can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm doing a, uh, a giveaway and it's actually happening in September. Um, it's called uh, the Get Clients Online Giveaway. And what it is is I'm running it and hosting it, but I'm uh, having many contributors uh, contribute gifts and they're free gifts and they all have to do with how to get clients online or uh, create more visibility online. And so right now we're in the, you know, um, the preparation stages. So we're bringing the contributors on board and um, Heidi, you might even want to be a part of it. So I have to connect with you separately. On that. I'd love yeah. to. I have a lot of, I've got a lot of things I could give. I'm sure. Yeah. So, so anyway, the idea is that there's going to be all these contributors um, which is going to help them get themselves out there more and also help me get in front of people that um, may not know about me yet. And so again, you know, really just making that visibility happen in a bigger way. Um, so there'll be more, more uh, coming up around that. But if you want to keep in touch with me and find out what I'm doing, best place to go is she's got clients.com. Um, you can uh, request a freebie that I have there, which is called eight ways to move the needle forward in your business right now. Um, and when you subscribe to that, you'll be kept in the loop of all the stuff that I'm doing and certainly connect with me on Facebook, um, as well, Christine Gallagher, um, and Instagram. My name is Christine G. Excellent. Christine, it's been a pleasure. I, wow. Time sure flies when you're, when you're talking to I know. people. So I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day to be with us today on the entrepreneur show. Again, everybody make sure you go to, she's got clients and get her freebie. What's the name of that freebie again, Christine? It's called eight easy ways to move the needle forward in your business right now. Excellent. So eight easy ways to move your needle forward in business right now. So make sure you go to get, she's got clients and grab that as soon as we get off this call. And again, uh, my name is Heidi Richards Mooney from um, Women in E-Commerce, Redhead Marketing and The Entrepreneur Show. I'm just saying thank you to our guests, to, our, uh, to all of our uh, audience. And Christine, have a great day and thank you for being with you us. Too. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.